Revealing the person and ministry of Jesus through the teaching of God's word and the demonstration of power. The transforming word of God with Reverend Enoch Abisai. And now, today's word. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. I want all of us to read it together. It's the word of the Lord. So we want to read it together. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's read the word of God together. First Corinthians 2 verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Let's repeat it again. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Somebody's glory is about to shine forth. Somebody's glory is about to explode. You may please be comfortably seated. Tonight I'm preaching on unlocking the mystery of the communion. Unlocking the mystery of the communion. Unlocking the mystery of the communion. I've realized that many Christians lack re revelation when it comes to the communion. Many people have been taking the communion for so many years, but yet the, the proper impact, the implication, the blessing of the communion has not yet been understood. And so we don't see the impact of the communion in our lives. For some of us who used to be in some Orthodox churches, during the time of the communion, that is where we see holiness in the face of people. Because the moment we say it's communion time, people put their hands at their back, fold their arms. Sometimes these are people, we know them, they are wicked people, they don't have any work with God, they are just churchgoers. But we see them walking down the aisle and it's as if that is their last day on earth. And once we go receive the communion, we are coming, it's as if we will never talk again. It's as if we will never shout again. But we, we, we were exposed to the taking of the Holy Communion to be a very sacred, a very solemn, and a very, I mean, controlled time when it comes to the presence of God. But we, here we are as a charismatics. We have taken and lighted down and uh, we have reduced the value of the Communion. Hallelujah. And so the heart we approach, sometimes you can be taking communion, people are talking, sometimes taking communion, people are not concentrating, people are eating the communion uh, as a means of satisfying their hunger. And that is what happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, when people were eating the communion as a form of, I mean, breaking their hunger. And Paul spoke to them and said, that is not how. You must, you must go to the lost table with a certain level of revelation. And tonight I pray that that revelation will come to you in the name of Jesus. 
I said I pray that that revelation will come to you in the name of Jesus the Bible says that I speak to you the wisdom of God in a mystery the wisdom of God is encapsulated in mysteries until you are able to decode a mystery in the word of God wisdom is not made available to you until you are able to decode certain levels of wisdom or mysteries in the, in, the, in the word of God, certain wisdom, levels of wisdom is never made available to you. Now, what is a mystery? What is a mystery? A mystery is anything that is difficult to understand. Difficult to understand. Difficult to explain. Anything, anything, anything. And the word of God is made up of mysteries. Things that are difficult to understand and things that are difficult to explain. But from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7, the Bible, we said that the wisdom of God is always encapsulated in mysteries. And so whenever you see a mystery, in the mystery is hidden wisdom. That is why the Bible said that even the hidden wisdom... There, there is hidden wisdom that is not for everybody there is hidden wisdom that is only made available to people who are able to break the course of mysteries and when you are able to break course of mysteries in the word of God one thing that happens in your life is that you receive wisdom tonight somebody is receiving wisdom in the name of Jesus tonight somebody is receiving wisdom in the name of Jesus Mysteries are sacred secrets that are revealed only to the saints. Mysteries are sacred secrets. Mysteries are sacred secrets. It's not, it's not everybody who knows it. That is why sometimes when you are doing something and somebody do not understand. For example, one mystery in the word of God is praying in tongues. Sometimes when you are praying in tongues, some unbelievers will be wondering what you are doing. Why? Because it's a sacred secret. And they, because they do not know, they do not regard and most of us we know certain things but we don't have them we don't understand the mystery behind that particular thing and so mysteries are sacred secrets that god reveals or god has ordained unto believers unto the saints unto the saints a sacred it is hidden it is holy it is pure it is hidden and unless we our eyes are open to it we'll behave and treat it like an unbeliever Say amen. And so most of us treat communion like unbelievers. Most of us take, have been taking communion for years, but there has not been any impact of that glorious mystery being implicated in our lives. Why? Because we take it without understanding. But tonight, by the Spirit and the grace of God, understanding is coming to you in the name of Jesus. Understanding is coming to us in the name of Jesus. Very, very important. So many things in scriptures cannot be understood by the ordinary mind. With your normal mind. That is why you have a professor who can break down physics, break down certain laws in mathematics. But when it comes to common scripture, you don't understand. It takes grace for your eyes of understanding to understand things that are in the word of God. There are different types of knowledge. We have knowledge for, for books, academics, and we have knowledge for the spirit. 
To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. When you become a spiritual person, your eyes are open to the life that is in the word of God. That is why in these five days, somebody is receiving an impartation of life. Somebody is receiving an impartation of life. Somebody is receiving an impartation of life. When you access mysteries, you gain mastery in life. When you access mysteries, you step into victories. When you access mysteries, you overcome miseries in life. So it's very much important that we get this revelation. When you access mystery, you gain mastery. You become a boss in certain areas of life. The moment mysteries are released into your life. When you gain mysteries, you step into victory. Your victory is hidden in your mystery. Until your eyes is open to the mystery of the word of God, your victory is hidden. You walk like an unbeliever. You walk, that's what Jesus said. Is it not written in your own word, in your own law? Are, are you not God's? And so there are certain revelations that we must understand, otherwise we will die like mere men. I said, not written, are you not, are they not gods? Are they not children of the most high? But they perish like mere men. You will not perish like a mere man. That is why God has given us mysteries that gives us victory in life. When your eyes is open to certain mysteries in life, you begin to walk as a victor in life. And so I pray that in the name of Jesus, may your eyes be open to victories. May your eyes be open to mysteries that will confirm your victory in the name of Jesus. Most Christians are miserable. And the reason why we are miserable is because we lack revelation. We lack mysteries. But the moment you access mystery, misery ends. From today, misery ends in your life in Jesus' name. That thing that has become a problem by this revelation, it ends tonight in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. So mystery helps you to overcome miseries. Once knowledge is absent, abuse becomes inevitable. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. It says, by lack of knowledge, my people, my people, my people, my people, not the world, not unbelievers, my people also will perish. If you are my people, you have given your life to Christ, you will still perish, you will perish, you will walk in misery, you will walk in lack, you will walk in want, you will walk in sicknesses, you will die like a mere man. Why? Because of lack of knowledge. So lack of knowledge is supposed to be battled with the same way you battle with demons. Because until you have knowledge, your life will not be effective. Your life will not be able to operate at the realm or, or at the frequency God has ordained for you. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. Oh, I said shout amen. And so one of the greatest mysteries that is misunderstood in the word of God is the mystery of the Holy Communion. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 17 all the way to 34, we see Paul addressing an issue in the church in Corinth. And one of the, uh, that issue was pertaining to the communion because people will come to the Lord's table and um, they will come and fill their stomachs and some will be drunk by the wine which they were supposed to use. And so Paul categorically stated that the reason why most of you are sick and most of you are dying is because you abuse and you don't understand this communion. 
This communion has the capacity to give you life. But because you lack understanding into it, it is resulting in your death. And so Paul said that is why so many are sick and so many are asleep. Because of the lack of revelation when it comes to the communion. Now, the communion was something that was instituted by Christ himself. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 26, the night that he was about to be crucified, he was about to be betrayed, that was when he instituted this act. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. So Jesus was going to be crucified because it was on a Thursday and we're going to catch him. And then he gathered together with the disciples and um, he, 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 he did something. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Jesus did something. As they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and gave it to the disciples and said, take it. This is my body. Next verse. What happened? Next verse, 27. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it. Now, at the time that Jesus was doing this, it was a festival period. And this festival was what was known as the Passover. And during the Passover, every Jew, no matter the country you are, you are supposed to come to Jerusalem and then celebrate the Passover. It is at this Passover that Jesus Christ performed this act. Now, what was the Passover? In Exodus chapter 12, Moses had been sent by God to go and deliver the children of Israel from bondage. When Moses went, the heart of Pharaoh became so hardened that God had to demonstrate and destroy and show 10 different plagues. The last plague, which was the fact that every Israelite was supposed to kill uh, a spotless lamb. Note it very carefully. Every Israelite was supposed to kill a spotless what? Lamb. And then take the blood of that lamb and mark the doorpost of their houses. Because God said to Moses that tonight I am the spirit of death, the spirit of destruction will pass. Any door that does not have the blood of the spotless lamb, their firstborn will die. And so we know the end of the story. Exactly as the Lord said, that is what happened. All the people that had the blood at their doorpost, the distraction passed over them. But those who didn't have the blood, they all what? Perished. And so when they are celebrating the Passover, every Jew will take a wine and every Jew will take bread because God told them in Exodus that they should also eat unleavened bread. Together with the blood that they marked, they should eat on, on living bread. Now, he didn't just tell them they should eat bread. He told them that they should eat on living bread. That is a kind of bread that is big without yeast. So it does not rise. So it is flat. It is hard. And then when they bake it, sometimes, and most of the time, there are holes in the bread and there are marks on the bread. And so these disciples have been exposed to this dimension of the Passover as a celebration. 
There are so many things Jesus Christ had told these disciples that it didn't, it didn't go down well with them. For Jesus Christ to come and say, I am, I and my father are one. The Pharisees and Sadducees never understood what Jesus wanted to say. He said that if you have seen me, you have seen the father. Jesus Christ said certain things that the, one time he said something, they almost stoned him. Because the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't understand the, the power with which he spoke. But at this particular night, Jesus is about to do another thing that is going to destroy the ideology and the theology of Peter and the other disciples. Jesus knows it is Passover. And during the Passover, God delivered the children of Israel from bondage. And two of the articles God used was the blood and the bread. And so Jesus at that night is now going to change their mindset and their conception when it comes to the Passover. And so Jesus takes the bread and he tells them that, listen, this bread that God commanded the children of Israel to take back then was not just a normal bread. That bread was my body. So now from today, when you are celebrating the Passover, you are celebrating my body. The bread was without yeast. Throughout scripture, yeast is a representation of sin. The body of Jesus was without sin. And then the bread that the Israelites shared, they, it, has, it has marked on it, marks, and it has holes in it. In the same way, Jesus Christ's body was going to be beaten and broken. So in, 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 in Exodus chapter 12, God was just demonstrating to them something about his son Jesus that was going to happen millions of years to come. Somebody shout amen. So now Jesus takes the bread and he says that this bread, your fathers ate it. But it was not just bread. It is my body that I am about to break for you. And he says do it. And he took the wine. He said that this wine is my blood. The blood that they used to mark on their doorposts and distraction passed over them. That was actually my blood. If you apply this blood on the doorpost of your heart, distraction will pass over your life forever. And so Jesus took the wine and took the bread and he says, I do this always ah, in remembrance of me. Now, the, 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 the truth of the matter is, there are many revelations and understanding in this particular act Jesus performed to destroy their ideology on the Passover. Why did Jesus take the bread? He said, it is my body. That was what it meant. Any type of understanding you have, today I change it. That is what Jesus said. I am telling you that this bread, it is my body. This wine, it is my blood. It is my body and it is my blood. So if you were a Jew at that time, you are used to celebrating Passover as a form of anniversary and it's a for, as a form of celebration, as a form of enjoyment. But Jesus Christ introduced the spiritual dimension of the communion to these people. Now, before I go on to tell you the benefits and the mysteries that are hidden in the communion, there are some three things I want you to note. So I want you to note these things down. Three things. Number one, there is life in the blood. 
There is Leviticus 17, 11. There is life in the blood. Jesus, God told the people of Israel that for the life of the flesh, please pay attention, the life of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh atonement for the souls. So one of the first things I want you to note is that there is life in blood. In other words, blood is life. Blood is what? Life. Say amen. Say amen. Blood is what? Life. Number two. Number two. Don't forget this. I said blood is what? Life. Number two. Blood covers sins. The same Leviticus 17, 11. Blood covers sins. He said that you shall use the blood to atone for your sins. The blood will cover your sins. And so blood covers sins. Now listen to me. Blood does not just cover sins. It covers sins and the consequences of sins. So I want you to note that. What are the consequences of sin? Sickness is as a result of sin. If there was no sin, there will not be sickness. If there was no sin, there will not be pain. If there was no sin, there will not be trauma. If there was no sin, there will not be lack. If there was no sin, there will not be any other thing. Any other negative implication you can imagine. So blood atones for sin and its consequences. The next point I want you to note is that, just under this thought number two, is that blood, which is a physical substance, understand this, blood is a physical substance. Sin cannot be touched. So sin is more or less like a spiritual substance. But the physical substance as blood has the capacity to deal with a spiritual substance. It give, this one gives blood a spiritual capacity to deal with both physical things and spiritual things. Because in the temple, they will sprinkle the blood upon animate and inanimate things. All right? So, the blood is sprinkled on our hearts. It's sprinkled on things and everything. So, blood, <laughs> even though it is physical, handles sin, which is spiritual. Somebody shout amen. Because sin basically is a separation uh, from God. Right? And then blood, which is visible, is able to provoke a spiritual reaction. Blood always provokes a spiritual reaction. Number three, on the things that I want you to note. Number three. And this one is very important. Caleb, blood provokes a negative or positive reaction. Every time there is a presence of blood, it provokes a negative or positive reaction. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 24, we see the blood of two people compared. One is the blood of Abel and the other is the blood of Christ. One blood was provoking a negative reaction whilst the other blood was provoking a positive reaction. So anywhere there is blood, blood provokes a reaction. Now, it says that the blood of sprinkling, that speaks. 
Another thing I want you to note is that blood has the capacity to speak. Blood has the capacity to speak. Blood has a voice. Blood has a voice. Blood has a voice. Everybody say it. Blood has a voice. So anywhere there is blood, there will be a voice. So blood has the capacity to provoke a negative or positive response. Blood has a voice. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 10. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 30. Sorry. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 30. For this cause, many are weak. You see, the blood they were taking, because they didn't take it well, it provoked a reaction. And that reaction is what made them weak and made them sickly and made them die. So what I'm saying is that whenever anything has got to do with blood, there is a voice behind it. And that voice will speak negative things or it will speak positive things. Say amen. amen. There was a story in 1 Kings chapter 3. This is a very, I mean, pathetic story or a very powerful story. Um, first, 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 27. 26 coming down. This is a story of three kings, the king of Judah, the king of Israel, and the king of Edom. They came together to go and fight the king of Moab. Now, before they went for this battle, the king of Israel said, we must consult a prophet and listen to what the prophet has to say if we will win this battle or not. Now, this is a prophet of God called Elisha who has faithfully served Elijah and has received a double portion of the grace of God upon Elijah. Now, so they go to the prophet Elijah and Elijah tells them that your horses and your chariots are dying because there is no water in the valley. But Elijah said, listen to what I'm telling you. Go and dig ditches in the valley and fill it with stones and suddenly you will see water begin to come out. They obey the voice of this prophet, you know, and when they put the stones there, the next day, water was overflowing out. And their animals were able to get enough water to drink. Now, when they were going, preparing themselves to go for this battle, the people of Moab saw the water, and because the sun reflected on it, they saw it as blood. And I believe that maybe they had heard the story in 2 Chronicles 2020, to 26 when the people fought themselves and killed themselves so the people of Moab said these people have destroyed themselves now Moab to the spoil in other words let us go and take what is left behind the moment they got there the Israelites the people of Judah and the people of Edom came together and destroyed the people of Moab almost like the prophecy of the of the prophet we said, go to this battle, it shall be well with you. When the battle was being turned against the people of Moab, the king had his son with him on the battlefield. This son is the one that would take charge when the king dies. He was a heir apparent to the throne. When the, 
the battle was fierce against the people of Moab, the king took his son, stood on the mountain and slaughtered the son. And once he slaughtered the son, he sacrificed the son to his pagan gods. And the Bible says that the fierceness of the battle turned against the three cities. There was a voice in the blood that was provoked to speak against Israel. Even there was a prophetic word backing them. The God of heaven was backing them. But the voice of the son, a son that did not know Jesus, that voice was so strong that it was able to turn the battle against three cities. The people of God, I'm here to tell you something. The blood of Jesus has the capacity to turn around every issue, every condition, no matter what it is, that blood has the capacity to provoke a reaction. Somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. What are the blessings of the communion? What are the blessings of the communion? Number one, the communion deals with mysteries in the life, in our life, in our bodies. The communion deals with mysteries. Mystery is something you don't understand. Mystery is something you cannot explain. The communion is a mystery and it handles mysteries. It is mystery against mystery. When you are taking the communion, it's a mystery in itself. And when there, there are things happening in your life, people of God, that you don't understand, one of the mysteries that can deal with that thing that has become a, I mean, a stronghold is the avenue of the Holy Communion. The Holy Communion has the capacity to deal with things that have become troubles in your life. Say amen. This is a revelation that we need. That the communion has the capacity to solve every difficult problem. The communion is not just coming to church and just taking the wine and the bread and taking it in a normal, fashionable way. No. The communion has the capacity to deal with strongholds, issues, things that are in your life that have become problems and you don't even understand them. The communion has the capacity to deal with those things. And so even though the communion is a mystery, any negative mystery in your life will have to meet a positive mystery. And when the positive mystery meets a negative mystery, there will be a cancellation and every mystery will give way to a miracle. I declare in the name of Jesus that from today, anytime you are taking the communion, it is dissolving mysteries in your life in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. I said shout amen. Anything you can't understand. Anything you don't have explanation to. Anything you learn and learn and learn it does not work. It's a mystery. You need to apply another mystery. You start business it collapses. It's a mystery. You have tried everything you can do. It is not working. It's a mystery. You must engage a higher mystery. Some things are happening in your life. Every season there's a particular sickness that comes in your life. And you have done everything possible. And it's not giving way. That thing has become a mystery. You must engage a higher mystery. And tonight from today, we'll be engaging a higher mystery. We'll be engaging a higher mystery. Somebody shout amen. 
in Hebrews chapter 9 verse 22, it took the blood of Christ for our woes to be to end. Every war, every trauma, every it took the blood. It took the blood. It took the blood. And so when you are taking in the blood, it is dealing with sin and the consequences of sin. I don't know what mystery there is in your life. I don't know that thing that has been there for three years, two years, and it's still there. Every time you, you sleep, somebody comes to sleep with you. Anytime you sleep, you see things disturbing you in your sleep. Sometimes in a particular season, certain issues are happening to you. Certain things have become issues in your life. Nothing seems to be able to work against them. I'm advising you today that by the revelation of the law, invoke the mystery of the communion. Just take that communion and believe God that there is power enough in the blood of Jesus because it is that blood that washed the sins of mankind from Adam to the death of Jesus and from the death of Jesus unto the rapture that sin has the ability it has even covered for the sins of those who have not yet sinned it has covered for them the blood of Jesus has the capacity to wash has the capacity to restore has the capacity to pave the way into the very presence of God that is the blood we are taking in anytime we take in the communion it is not just one Jesus said this is my blood this is my blood so, so the communion invokes mysteries and deals with mysteries number two number two communion gives life to dead situations. Life. Henry, are you understanding it? Communion gives life. Leviticus 17, 11, he said there is life in the blood. There is life in the blood. Any part of your body that is dead, you take the communion, it comes to life. Any part of your life that is dead, you take the communion, it comes to life. Because, listen to me, what happens when you take the communion is that you are taking in the life of Christ inside you. Anything that cannot survive in the body of Christ cannot survive in your body. If cancer cannot live in the body of Jesus, cancer cannot live in your own body. Anything that cannot dwell and stay in the body of Jesus cannot stay in your own body. Why? Because in that blood is life. So whenever you are taking the communion, what you are taking in is the very life of Christ the very life everybody say the life of Christ say it again the life of Christ so from today stop being the, stop, stop joking with the communion stop doing it as a formality every first Sunday of the month we come to the Lord's table well let's take it this week too no but when you are taking the communion things Paul said that things are dying people are dying it should not be so people should be receiving life as they are taking the communion there will be there is an impartation of the spirit of life from today walk with this revelation I said from today walk with this revelation the spirit of life is imparted into you as you take the communion. Somebody shout amen. amen. Number three, what is the blessing of the communion? What is the blessing of the communion? Communion establishes our union with Christ. 
communion establishes our union with Christ. John chapter 6 verse 50 says, Jesus was talking about communion himself. And this is where the, the, the Pharisees wanted to stone him. He said, he that eateth my flesh, if you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, huh, and dwelleth in me and I in him. He says that anyone who eats this flesh and drink my blood, he dwells in me, I dwell in him. This is what we call partaking of the divine nature. You are intermixed, intertwined, interconnected with the person and the life of Christ. There is some sort of chemical reaction. You cannot separate the components again. And one of such highest reaction is this reaction. When Christ is in you and you are in Christ. And so, I mean, you cannot be, you cannot be, you cannot be taken out. You are just there. You are just in Christ. And so whenever you are taking the communion, you are just establishing that communion, that communion, that fellowship that you have with Christ. Somebody shout amen. amen. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 4. Paul said something. <laughs> Very amazing. And now, even from verse 3, even from verse 3, according as the divine power has given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and to virtue. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Every human being, when you are born, you partake of a human nature because of Adam. But one thing that will cause you when you become born again, and Bible is saying that when Jesus says that whenever you take the communion, you are enforcing your divine nature. You are strengthening the terms of the covenant. Because every covenant is sealed by blood. And so whenever you take the blood of Jesus, that covenant, that New Testament covenant is, is, is strengthened. The terms are strengthened. If it was dying, it comes back to life. Somebody shout amen. Anything that the terms of the covenant does not give chance to, that blood is able to renew that terms of covenant. Somebody shout amen. So whenever we are taking the holy communion, we are enforcing and establishing our fellowship with the Lord Jesus. Say amen. amen. Number four. The Holy Communion establishes our eternal life. Jesus is the one who said it in the same John chapter 6. It establishes our eternal life. Establishes our eternal life. Establishes our eternal life. Or activates eternal life. John chapter 6 verse 53 to 54. It establishes our eternal life. Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, ye have no life. Except you eat it. This is Jesus talking. Except you eat it. Except you drink it. 
you have no life. So whenever we are taking the communion, I said to you already that it is life. The life of God. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? Whenever you are taking communion, it's a reactivation of Zoe in your life. The very essence of Christ, the very essence of God is being given into your body again. Somebody shout amen. I've explained to you before that some, of, some people think that John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. So our mindset is that when we are talking about receiving Jesus Christ, it is just that you will never die. That is true, but it's half truth. If Jesus Christ saved us, only for heaven, then it is not complete. Jesus Christ saved us to use our life as a message to the kingdom of darkness. The benefit of that life is eternal eternity with him. I, I don't know if, if you, you understood what I said. The reason why he saved us was not that if, if, if the reason why we become saved is heaven, then when you become saved, God could have killed you. So you go to heaven. But when you become saved, he leaves you on this earth to go through the world. Though you are in the world, you are not of what? The world. You have come, for your conversation is of heaven. From whence you also wait. So from the time you are saved and your conversation is changed, you are waiting for a time and between that time of conversion to that time of rapture, there is a life we are supposed to exhibit. And that life is not only life eternal with Christ, but life manifestation on earth. And so when we talk about eternal life, we are talking about quantity of life, long life, and quality of life, good life. And so when we receive Jesus, we receive the capacity to enjoy the life. You see, when we talk about enjoyment, your, your mind is eating cake and drinking. No, that is not enjoyment with God. That is not even blessing. He said that God has given us all spiritual blessing in heavenly places, far above Christ Jesus. Every blessing that we need. You see, the glory of Christ is revealed when his children begin to live a life like him. When he can see his children demonstrating, manifesting his, his very essence, his very life. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, I said shout amen. So when we take the communion, we are taking quality life, we are taking quantity life. It is a reinforcement of the divine life of Christ. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. You will never be below again. You will never be the tail again. You will never be crawling again. You will never be moving like a tortoise again. Why? Because the blood of Jesus gives you the capacity to fulfill destiny. To fulfill what? To fulfill what? Anybody that has his destiny crawling like a snail, destiny crawling like a tortoise, things battling and holding him in captivity, by the blood of Christ, it gives you the capacity to fulfill destiny, not only that, to fulfill it in grand style. Jesus 
everything he hanged on the cross he said it is finished you will not die like a mere man you will not exit this earth like a foolish man i declare in the name of jesus the grace of god to fulfill destiny in grand style in the name of jesus fulfilling destiny living the life of christ ah, abraham and those people they showed us Jacob, they showed us that life. But they were looking for, to see Christ. They didn't see. They were jealous of us. Because Abraham and those people, they knew. He said he was looking for a city whose maker is the Lord. He was looking for a man who would come and then show them the real life. But he could, they couldn't experience it. But we have come and we are privileged to have that life in us. Abraham didn't have that life. But Abraham was not a beggarly man. 317 people from his household trained to battle against a nation. One man against one nation. That was how blessed they were. These people had revelations and encounters. God could speak to them, sacrifice your son. He could talk to God in a dream. He could, it was not visional, it was in a dream of the night. He would talk to God and he would take his child, believing that this is the voice of God. Now this dispensation we are saved, sanctified, we speak in tongues, but when God speaks to us we say, we don't know whether it is God or it is my flesh. Can I show you something? <laughs> is it Matthew 24 or John 24, 24, 20, 29? Something, check it for me. When they were on their way to Emmaus, the Holy Spirit just said something to me. Let me show you something. When they were on their way to Emmaus, after Jesus died and resurrected, when they were on their way to Emmaus, Emmaus, on their way to Emmaus, when they said to Jesus that don't leave us, uh, don't leave us because the 90s almost here, because Jesus Christ started explaining the scriptures to them. He started explaining the scriptures to them and they fell in love. They didn't know it was Jesus. Who, Jesus had resurrected. The disciples had not even seen him. They, they only saw that the tomb was empty. God wants to show you something there. He only wanted to, to that the, the disciples knew that the tomb was empty, but nobody had seen Jesus. So these were two disciples on their way to Emmaus, and they were talking about the things that have happened. That this Jesus came, they killed him, and they did this, and they did that, and they were talking, and immediately, Jesus was walking with them. And he says, what are you talking about? And the Bible said that starting from Moses, Jesus started explaining the scriptures to them. He started explaining the scriptures to them. And the people fell in love with the word. So much that when Jesus was going, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Go to 28. And they drew near unto the village, whether they went. When they were almost getting to their destination, he made as though he would have gone further. Jesus Christ behaved as if he wanted to go with them, as if he didn't want to go with them. What was the response of the people? But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in and tarried with them. So Jesus went in and slept where they were. He stayed with them overnight. That, the next verse is what I'm talking about. Go to the next verse. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread, and he blessed it and break it, and gave it to them. What, what happened next? And their eyes were open. And when you tell
take the communion, spiritual insight is given. When you take the communion, supernatural revelation becomes your place of dwelling. I pray in the name of Jesus, our eyes will never be closed again. Our spirit will never be dormant again. A place of revelation. A place of revelation. A place of revelation. Look, these people, they were blind, even though their physical eyes were open. Most of us here, we are blind, even though our eyes can see. But Bible is saying that whenever you are breaking the body of Christ, you are opening your spiritual eyes. You are giving yourself sensitivity in the spirit. The communion has the ability to invoke sensitivity of the spirit. Your receptivity, your supernatural antenna is lifted high in order to connect unto God. I pray from today, may it function in your life in the name of Jesus. May it function in your life in the name of Jesus. May it function in your life in the name of Jesus. And their eyes were open and they knew him they knew him they knew him there is a place the communion there's a road the communion place in divine revelation and knowledge epignosis where you you know him personally as if you were there when he broke the bread as if you were there when he was on the cross you have that personal revelation that personal we call it intimate knowledge personal knowledge it is not something you heard something you have experienced there is a place of experience that comes by taking the communion you are partaking of the life of christ you are partaking of the life of christ somebody shout amen i said shout amen can you lift up your hands one minute and just pray? Let the eyes of my understanding, let the eyes of my understanding, let the eyes of my understanding, as I take communion, as I take the communion, as I take communion from today. let me add one last to it the communion ensures our divine well-being the communion ensures our divine well-being i'm talking about divine health and divine healing is in the communion divine health and divine healing is in second peter chapter 2 verse 24 it is the blood that bought our liberation our health for us and so when you are sick you take the communion the sickness must vanish the blood of Jesus has the capacity to swallow every sickness the blood of Jesus has the capacity to swallow every negativity in your body and the blood of Jesus has the capacity to ensure your divine health the blood of Jesus because the, you see if, I don't know which sickness Jesus had from age 1 
to age 33. That is his life that we take him. Whatever could not stay in the life of Jesus. See, let me end with this. How do you use the blood of Jesus? How do you use the communion? By faith. Please believe it. Believe it. Have confidence that this is something Jesus Christ himself instituted. And so when I use it, it will work. When I use it, it will do what? When I use it, it will do what? It will work. Say it, it will work. It always works. Number two, consistency. Our problem is that you tried it once, nothing happened, you, you drank it, the pain was still there, and you say, this thing does not work, you stop. We need the grace to be consistent. Apply it until it works. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? Apply it, not do it once and stop. Not do it twice and stop. Apply it until it does what? Until it does what? Until it does what? Can I say one thing? In this thing, I learned it from Reverend Michael. Point number seven. The blood can also be used for sprinkling. The sprinkling of the blood. The blood that they killed in Exodus, they marked their doorpost. Someone, you can take the communion and sprinkle it upon your face. Sprinkle it upon your children. Sprinkle it in your room. Why? It is the blood of Jesus. And when the devil sees that blood, it reminds him of the loss and the victory Jesus won for us. So you can take the communion and sprinkle the communion in your house. Sprinkle the communion in your car. Sprinkle the communion and you will see the manifestation of the power of the holy communion. Lift up your hands everybody. You want to Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Shatatata. Bring the call. Shatata parata. Rekete kurata tapara. Rakele kasura kariatata. Rekoru asarabata. Shereke. Rakatira bata. Rakavaro so. Irakira gasus. Latiata. Rakatari katoto. Shanda shanda. 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 Help our faith. Help our faith. Shatata. Come on, pray, pray, pray. I don't know your prayer topic. But just pray, pray and invoke the mystery of this world in your life. The mystery of this world in your life. Let's go, 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 let's go
We are closing in the next 10 minutes. We are going to take the communion. Whatever aspect of the communion you want to activate in your life, whatever aspect of the communion you want to activate in your life, as you before you take the communion and after you take the communion, begin to declare, begin to pray that this aspect of my life is coming under the influence, under the influence, under the influence, in the name of Jesus. can we take it round? Just take it round. We, we understand the mysteries already. He took the bread, he broke it. He said, Take it. This is my body. In the same manner, he took the bread and he blessed it. And he said, This is the blood of the new covenant which I share unto you. This do in remembrance of me. Take it very fast. And we are praying four prayer topics in the next five minutes. That means a one minute for every prayer. One minute for every prayer. When you take the communion, it's, it tastes normal. It is not in the, the power is not in the taste. Quickly, quickly. The power of the communion is not in the taste. It is in its ability. It is in its ability. Lift up your hands. One thing we said was that the communion has the ability to dissolve mysteries. Anything that has become a mystery, something in your life you don't understand. God, why is it like this? Why is it like this? You are praying in the name of Jesus. By reason of the communion, it is dissolved. This mystery is dissolved. Come on, lift up your voice and pray. Only one minute. Only one minute. Lift up your voice. Why is it like this? Why is this particular thing like this? This thing must end. This thing must end. I invoke the power of the communion. I invoke the power of the communion. The communion handles mysteries. Things you can't understand. Things you can't understand. Father, I dissolve. I dissolve. I dissolve. The blood dissolves unemployment. The blood dissolves lack. The blood dissolves pain. The blood dissolves trauma. By the blood. 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 In the name of Jesus. Number two, the blood brings life, imparts life, 
anything that is dead it can be your work with God it can be your finances your academics your relationship whatever is there you are saying the father as I have taken your blood I invoke life I invoke life lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray up your right hand our last prayer the blood establishes our well-being you are praying that any problem with your body any problem with your organ you are praying the father by your blood my body returns to normal every tissue every cell in my body by reason of the blood it returns back to normal come on lift up your voice lift up your voice lift up your voice you father we give you praise thank you for unveiling to us the mystery of the holy communion we receive it by faith we walk in it by faith blessed be your name in jesus precious name somebody shout amen, amen. come on put your hands together for jesus hallelujah Thank you for listening to this message. We believe this world will produce results in your life as you give attention to it. 
For more messages, kindly follow Inokadisa Ministries on Telegram and any podcast app for downloads. God bless you.